Welcome back to Eat Lunch and Board Game. I'm your host, Adam Collins, and with me today I have John Kahn. John, say hi. Hi. So, John, you design print and play games and put them up on Kickstarter. Right, that's right. I initially uh, do initially do the print and play. Uh, they let people you know, test them out, and then I offer them as a commitment as a manufactured copy later in a, t- a separate campaign. I don't want to have people have to commit a lot of money to a manufactured version at the get-go, not really know what the game's like. Makes sense. I, uh, I've i got plenty of uh, different copies of your games. I've got at least... I was looking through your list because your your latest campaign, uh, Ramming Robots, is live on Kickstarter right now. And uh, you had a list of all your games, and I was going through trying to figure out which ones I don't have. So... Uh, I did find a couple, so I'm good there. Um, but yeah, um, it's currently live on Kickstarter as of the recording of this, which is February 18th. Um, so how did you get into gaming? Well, actually, it started uh, when I had my uh, three boys when they were young. I would create games for them. And then I decided later, after they grew up and left the coop, that I tried to... Uh, make them and uh, something I could share with other people. And I always, of course, heard about Kickstarter. And uh, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. It, it's not like uh, Exploded Kittens good, but uh, that that's not the point. <laughs> we, we, all, we all wish we had the next Exploding Kittens. Yeah. Uh, my point is to share with as many people around the world as possible. That's my primary goal. Secondary goal is more of a fantasy, and that's to get the games published professionally, and uh, someone you know license it to someone who can give it decent artwork, marketing, that kind of thing, tweak it a little bit. But right now, I'm I'm happy just to share the games. I'm retired. I'm retired, and it helps it helps keep the main uh, the brain active. Absolutely, games. Absolutely, yeah. Well, like I said, I I've backed a handful of them. I'm currently a backer on your latest one i'm excited because we you've unlocked a lot of ex, uh, extra pmps right now as well yes uh, uh... yeah the last game that i i got from you was uh flak attack which was a manufactured card game i i will always remember that campaign as having one of the best post kickstarter uh, updates ever. I had really no idea about these flak towers and you kept posting all these YouTube videos and history channel stuff about them and very fascinating. And I, I, I learned a lot. I loved them a lot. And I just thought that was a fantastic way to keep the community engaged while you were waiting on getting your, your card decks in. Right. And initially I was going to try to make it a board game, but then agonizingly i just could not make it work and i said wait a minute make it a card game instead why have artificial bombing plots and uh cityscapes and stuff like that if if it's not really necessary have the action between the akak and the uh, pilots yeah it was the game's fun my son and i play it it's a good time uh doesn't take a whole long a whole lot of time which is you know I love, I love games I can fit in and under, you know, the 60 minute mark and then bonus points if it's under 30 and shorter. So, um, we play it no problem, uh, that it's, 
it, like I said, it's a fun little, uh, it's a quick uh, little card game. Like you said, just somebody's the uh, tower, somebody's the bombing raid, and you're trying to outsmart, you're trying to outwit the other person. Yeah. Now, uh, one thing I did expand upon on an earlier game was with uh, the Tiny Bubbles card game. That was my first uh, quote unquote successful uh, Kickstarter game. And um, to the extent I have a techie friend who took on the challenge of uh, putting it as a uh, Google Play game. So now it's available on, on, as an Android version. Uh, again, a quick lunchtime thing. Uh, but uh, for trademark reasons, for electronic versions, it's not called Tiny Bubbles. It's called Teeny Bubbles. <laughs> we had to work around that. Now, it, it, yeah. Yeah, in hard copy, Tiny Bubbles is fine. But in electronic, we got a cease and desist thing. And it had, so we changed it to Teeny Bubbles. Yeah, don't, don't want to be messing with that. Also, there's two other themes. Instead of popping bubbles, uh, you can have cats versus mice. And you can have... Uh, uh, swimmers versus sharks, that kind of thing. So there's a, there's different varieties out there of the same type game. But that was my first attempt to get uh, electronic. I yeah, tried to have that, him. That's go, cool. Yeah, I tried to have him do the iPhone, but he uh, his priority shifted. But we still have it active in Google Play. Well, speaking of sharks, uh, the shark hunt game is one of my son's favorite games. I I love it. Uh, just print off that little, you know, the, the score or the, the game board with the little yeah. hexagons. And he takes a dime and a penny and a D6 and off to a table he goes. And he'll spend 20, 30 minutes constantly trying to track down the shark or, you know, <laughs> yes. not get eaten by the shark. That, that's a that's a blast. And I I thoroughly enjoy it. And he loves it and plays it to death. But that yeah. does remind you know. So usually I ask if people are a Kickstarter backer, creator, or both. But you you are both. You are a, a creator and a heck of a backer, from what I well, can tell. Uh, my backing is for the underdogs. It's easy. No, I'll 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 back people and, and uh, get product and stuff. But uh, I'm mainly for the underdog. I want to give them encouragement. No, that's great. Because it looked like you'd backed over four hundred. Yeah, I I bid on the dry side uh, of it uh, to, uh, to 2016 for the most part. 2017, everything failed. Everything failed. Yeah, I was, I was doing the journey in the desert kind of thing, trying to find myself. And then uh, then the tiny bubbles came, and then I started grinding and grinding and coming out with more. Some of the ones that failed in 2017, I brought back again. I said, I'm going to make this one work. So I re, re reworked them, and uh, they succeeded. Nice. Now my overall favorite, my overall favorite uh, war game, uh, which is hard to get people to play, including for myself, because I did have a small group initially, was Determined Borders. Yep. That's a pre World War II uh, or between the World Wars uh, thing in Central Europe, imaginary boundaries. People, are, I mean, two countries broke up and they're fighting over some territory. And the international body says, okay, you have 30 days, in other words, 30 turns to determine the new borders, peacefully or not. And of course, it's not going to be peaceful. It's a tanks and troops kind of battle thing. And uh, you can have up to six players. You could have three on each side where you have uh, two field commanders on the other sides of the board plus a supreme commander. 
And reinforcements are earned, not just given. You have to capture certain key sites to get that. But that can take like three to six hours to play. I haven't. I haven't had a chance to. I printed it all off and mounted it on some uh, foam core so that the the hexagons don't shift around too much. But I have not uh, had time to sit down and play it. Now that I know it's three to six hours, it's probably better that I haven't had time to uh, try well, to do I, that yet. I'll... I even threw in some ebooks on uh, strategies and tactics. Yep, I've yeah, got so all those a, downloaded too. Yeah, it's a personal favorite, but it's, it's, it's an acquired taste. I admit, no. but it's, yeah. No, it's fine. Everybody's got their own taste. So if I came to your house, what game is currently sitting out on your table to play? Well, I have to give you a trick answer. None. <laughs> the reason None. being, we're, we're under renovation in the house. The whole first floor is being torn up. We're getting the four-year and half-bath done. We're getting the fireplace resurfaced. The whole place is a mess. But... Normally, uh, some games would be uh, Gold Mine, uh, Shark, Shark Hunt, of course. Um, let's see. Lightning Strike, uh, mainly the board game version as opposed to the card placement. I revitalized Lightning Hunt, uh, Lightning Strike because uh, the card placement takes a while to lay out all the cards and stuff. Well, with the, the board game, the board's already set up for you, so it makes it a little bit easier. It's all about the setup and teardown time. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, there would be the over the top that would be out there, and of course the ramming robots. Oh, uh, I can't wait for that one. Now, now you can you can be edgy and just I mean uh, careful, score that one point, and then run away from the guy for the rest of the game, or. You could just have a hell of a lot of fun and just attack, 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 and just let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, it, be aggressive, have fun. That's the main thing. That's the way I I plan on playing it, especially with the STL files. I like how you've gone to you know the STL files now, so get the little 3D prints of the little uh, robots to play with. That'll be fun. And again, as it shows on the uh, campaign, I ordered brass and sterling silver set just for myself. Yeah, I want to go for, hey, robots are metal, these are metal. I just want to go first class. It's pricey Go big or go home. Yeah, yeah. Pricey as hell, but I want to, go, I want to, I want to have the, the good ones. That's, that's awesome. That's great. So one of my usual questions is if, uh, do you board game at lunch? But you said you're retired, so you can board game whenever you want. That must be nice. Right, and I empathize with the solo players because I try to steer my games that you can do solo as well as uh, with other players because I can empathize. It's hard to get people to play. Yeah, especially in today's economic climate. Yeah. Uh, what's one of your favorite uh, half-hour board games that you play? Uh, let's see, taking half an hour. Uh, well, again, I like uh, the over-the-top because it emphasizes a futility war back in the era of World War One. And uh, can you make it? Can you make it? Can you make it? And then all of a sudden you can't. And then you got to try to drag back your people. I like that one. Again, uh, also, I like the, the gold mine. You just set it up and you take your chances. You, and even if you do find the gold, there's the traps you might have, like uh, uh, cave in or uh, water leak or anything like that. And so you may have found the gold, but you may still get trapped in there. So you can get your mind 
games that you can get your mind lost into. So how do you come up with your ideas? Because you, you have a lot of ideas. You have a lot of different style of games. Uh, I'm just curious, like, what, how, how does an idea strike you? Well, as I tell my wife, I get my best ideas by taking a shower in the morning. Because my eyes are closed. I've got a blank slate in front of me. And then just things just pop up. And sometimes uh, I'll just take a walk and something will pop in my mind. Sometimes I'll start in one direction and say, eh, not quite. And then I'll move it to another. Like uh, the Ramming Robots. That started out as a game called Connect, where it was just going to be two circles just uh, playing nice with each other. And every time you make contact, you get a point. You know, that just seemed kind of, eh. But then I, I, I like the uh, battling the BattleBots uh, shows, I said, hey, I could, I could do this. I could do this. So I there changed you go. to the rabbit robots. Get a little breath. Hey, I understand the walking thing for sure. My son and I were out. We were actually out walking our dog. Uh, it's been about a month now in the, in the cold. And when we were out walking, we just had this whole idea to spring into, like, he, he was had an idea. And then, like, we could make a game out of that. Uh-huh. And then now we take the dog for walks and we discuss how to make changes. Then we come home and we type it all up into our document and we've got a little prototype we're working on, on the other side of my desk here. And it's a going for a walk, getting a nice clear mind. And like you said, that blank slate in front of you can, can be dangerous to a board game designer. Yeah. Also a couple other examples from the past was, uh, the Determined Borders was uh, inspired from the Balkan Wars back in the day in the 90s. And as far as uh, Gold Quest, I was going to trudge to the playground with the little kids, and I brought a pad and pencil. And I said, I'm going to just do it around, and I came up with Gold Quest from that. <laughs> now, the original ha- handmade fashion version back in the 90s uh, had uh, three teams, but uh, to make it workable uh, in a 10 by 10 uh, game board, I, I made it uh, uh, two teams. It's all about adapting. Yeah. Now, the latest game that won't come out till April because I got to honor my commitment with Lightning Strike 2 board game, the manufactured, and then ramming robots manufactured. They're going to only run two weeks each because I figured, why do a whole month? People know what it's like. They either like it or they don't. Why stretch it out for 30 days? So March is going to be tied up with them. Uh, April, uh, it's going to be called, well, you've heard of Blind Man's Bluff, but this is Blind Monster's Bluff. <laughs> I have. What's a, the uh, idea behind that one? Uh, 80, well, 85, 90% uh, done. Uh, it was originally going to be a, a version, which I couldn't quite make work, called It Feeds at Night. That was the original. But... I couldn't make that work, but I can make this work. But uh, no more details. Okay. It'll come out when it comes out. April. Guaranteed. I even ordered the game pieces for it so I can play them on the PNP. Nice. I'm, the, I'm uh, it, well, it's But it's, it's good to hear you say that, you know, you understand running a campaign short versus long. Because um, I, I feel that running a couple of the campaigns, like we ran our first campaign for like, 35 days right five weeks and really after the initial push of the first two or three days 
you've got that real long time until that final push at the end. And, you know, like you said, people already know these games. And so you, you either want the manufactured version or you don't. There's no sense in having that long drag out in the middle. And I think that's very important to Kickstarter because a lot of people will actually withdraw their backing unless you keep them engaged for 35 days. That's a lot of work to keep people engaged. That's happened to me, uh, people backing out. And what yeah, bothered yeah. me was, okay, you can back out. But when I had what I had uh, early bird specials, special price for those who jump on board first, they would drop out of that. That denied someone else a chance for the early bird special. So I don't offer the early birds as often as I used to. I don't know if they really do. There's there's a, all kinds of con- conflicting research about it. Yeah, we didn't do any early birds or anything like that either. I So I fully understand that. Well, also, what I find that the last couple of campaigns, if you notice that uh, when it started to plateau out or peak, I said, okay, let me throw something new in. That's when I threw in the old PNPs. Yep. We get certain goals, you guys get free PNPs. And that, that certainly stirred things up a little. Sure. You got really close to unlocking one of them, and I think I threw a dollar at it or something to, <laughs> to throw it over the top. I think I was like, I threw that one dollar you were short yeah, or whatever yeah. just to unlock it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, it's a dollar. Why not? Yeah. But no, you're, this this current one's doing pretty well for you. Um, got a pretty good amount of backers, pretty good amount of sales going on it. So, Well, one thing I take pride in, uh, again, not be big time here, but since 2016, I've had over 600 backers over time and I have 152 current that want to hear about future games and with each game that goes out it's nice to know there's some people who are new and then I ask them at the end during the reward reward survey do you want to hear about future game and most of them say yes so I add to the list add to the list add to the list no it's the way to do it that way you can have all that all that pre-built anticipation so when you hit the launch button you got those support people already there now the the one game i did that was just for the hell of it was the dogs and pigs <laughs> i think i missed that one. <laughs> oh well that one uh I, I i stumbled across an article where they dug up in iraq this village a game intact Except for the game board, it was it was a wooden surface, so it got messed up and irretrievable. Uh, they had all the game pieces for a five thousand year old game that nobody knows how to play. So I I paid good money to have uh, Shapeways.com make the pieces for me. I reproduced them, and they they gave me the pieces. So I said, you know, you could. Uh, I'll give you STL file. You can make the game yourself. I even offered some uh, game board scenarios you could play with. But again, there's nobody knows how to play the game. But here's all these pieces. It's kind of it, it's it, it kind of boggles the mind about you know, how do you play this thing? Five thousand years old, lost the history. Dogs and pigs. Uh, the, the curators at the museum that have it on display. That's the nickname they gave it because of the shape of some of the uh, figures. So it's affectionately, <laughs> hey, it makes sense. It's affectionately known as dogs and pigs. That's hilarious. Yeah, I must have yeah. missed that one when you, when you yeah, had so, that one out there. So, yeah, that one was back in October 2020. 
<laughs> and it, it, it got backed by 26 people for, you know, the STL and the PNP for uh, the game board. But, uh, yeah, so I, I did it just for the hell of it. Makes sense. You know, let's let people rack their brains on how to do it. How do you play this yeah. game? No, that's funny. I'll have to, maybe I'll add that to the one of the free wins for my... Uh... This latest one you got going on. Yeah, actually, uh, it was one of my uh, early backers who uh, suggested it. Uh, when I first offered these uh, PNPs for free, it wasn't on the list. I said, oh, you know, forget about it. But then uh, someone from uh, the Netherlands who backed me on my very first uh, Tiny Bubbles card game, she said, I want these three, but can you give me this one too? So I said, sure. So it's been on the list ever since. So yeah, you you do pretty well internationally then too, don't you? Uh yeah, uh, Canada, UK, uh, Australia. Australia's good for a number of them. Uh, now some because of concern about uh, shipping things to certain countries with the liability of that, I deliberately keep them off the list. But for the PNPs, it's wide open because yeah, there's no risk there. Yeah, that that's great. That's the advantage of PNPs. You can an email's an email. This, yeah, right. You know, fire them out there. So, uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, how can they reach out to you? Okay, it would be J O H N H K O H N two zero one six at gmail dot com. They can find you also on Kickstarter. Yes. Now, if they want to send me an email to say to be on the list to hear about future games, then I'll add them to my list. I do respect people's uh, privacy. and If they say, take me off your list, I do, because I, I hate to get spammed and that kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah, if they want to send me an email saying, add me to your list, I certainly will. Excellent. Especially when the uh, blind monster bluff comes out in April. Yeah, I'm, I'm ex- I wrote it down over here on my little notepad to remind myself to keep my eye out for it. I'm and on your mailing list and I follow you on Kickstarter, so I should be sure to, to hear about it when it hits. Yeah, and it'll start as a PNP, of course, and then if there's enough support, I'll make it manufactured. Oh, I think that's a really good idea that uh, I may, some of our smaller games, I think we may want to try that route because... It's it's clearly working out for you, so I think that's that's definitely a good a good avenue. And I want to thank all my backers, backers including you, for one thing. <laughs> you you forgive me for the bad art. I know the art sucks, but I'm I'm for gameplay. <laughs> I am for gameplay. And uh, I could I could hire somebody to do the art, but then that's a drag on time and resources and money, and I I, I just don't want to deal with it. No, I get it. And I've been on some of those sites trying to get 3D boats and 3D shark fins for my son to play on the uh, shark hunt. So the yeah. little shark fin can move around. He's got a little boat to chase it down. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't mind the bad artwork. I mean, Picasso, uh, you know, he, he's an acquired taste. And uh, he, <laughs> had to, he had to be forgiven for a lot of things. I mean, he started out as a conventional artist and then he got real whack. But uh, yeah, right. yeah. my stuff, I, I if in a room full of people... Who hates John Kahn's artwork? I'd be the first one to raise the hand. <laughs> but it, it it is it is what it is, and I thank my backers for not being snooty about it. I know people like oh, no. eye candy and all that, but I go for the gameplay. No, I, I do. I enjoy your games. I'm, I'm going to keep backing them. Like I said, I, I do enjoy them, and 
keep up the uh, the good work. Keep up the fun. Like I said, with that flak attack and all the YouTube videos, that was a fantastic way to educate and keep us all engaged uh, during the, the manufacturing process, which I can attest can take a while and can be complicated. Now, if I can give you the top five games that had the most backers, just for the record. Sure. Okay. Shark Hunt, 249 backers. Number one. Number two, The Battle of Hampton Roads, 159 backers. Number three, Fantasy Fencing Board Game, 154. Number five, Connect the Lines Card Placement Game, 149. Now, here's the, here's the irony of it. Uh, fantasy Fencing was number three, but if I had to list all the, the back games that I was disappointed in, it was Fantasy Fencing. Uh, I'm going to own up to that because it it didn't deliver like I thought it would. It, it It's playable, but it didn't have the fun, and you were not pulled in as much as I hoped it would be. That's the one I do regret. I, I'm not perfect. I, I, as you say, I put out a variety out there. I thought it would be real fun, but it isn't as fun as I thought it would be. And for those who backed it, uh, thank you. And I hope to keep putting out better games in the future. Well, I, I will keep my eye out and keep backing them. And I know when, on a couple print and play Facebook pages as well. So I like to post your games over to that. Try to help drum up some more for you that way. Uh, and I'll keep it. doing that. You keep putting them out there. I'll keep backing them and promoting them. Thank you. Well, thank you, John, for being on my show today. I really appreciate it. Been a lot of fun. And if uh, anybody wants to reach out to me, that's facebook.com slash eatlunchandboardgame or email at eatlunchandboardgame at gmail.com. And until next time, keep building those bridges. Average Joe's Gaming is a weekly podcast brought to you by us. I'm Joe. I'm Tom. We talk about all things game-related. In this hour-long podcast, you'll discover what has arrived in the game room, which Funko Pop Tom just could not resist, and maybe, if you're lucky, we might get around to talking about games. Might. Tune in weekly. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast formats. When you're gaming, why not be comfy? Go over to supportplayer.org. Click on the cards, pieces, and dice to get some merch. These t-shirts are some of the most comfortable I have ever worn. That's supportplayer.org, and there's a link on eatlunchandboardgame.com.